Welcome to the Merge Podcast. The Merge is the student ministry of the First Baptist Church in Barnwell, South Carolina. The mission of the Merge is to equip students to love God and His people. Here is student pastor Ryan Holtzclaw. Ah, dating. Yes, dating. The one thing that you guys love to do is date. Yes, you love relationships, the boyfriend-girlfriend deal, the, right? You love to date. Man, I remember I was in, let me tell you what, this is what I was going to do tonight, all right? And I I was working on it, and I was like, man, I better not because I wasn't sure if I was going to get a chance to talk with Emily before I did it, and I really didn't want to make her mad. So what I had planned on doing tonight was putting up five pictures of girls that I used to go out with, all right, to show you guys what? Well, you're right. They're not. But, but I was going to try, like, the whole idea was to show, uh, like, from the time I was in 10th grade through my, through, up until I met Emily, the different things that I learned in each of those relationships, all right? And so as I was sitting there and I was putting it together, I thought, man, I better not. Because one of the pictures is of this girl I dated for a really long time and, and almost married, and, and I didn't want that to happen. So, um, so I didn't do it, but anyway, uh, if you ever want to check out some girls I used to go out with, come see me. I've got pictures of them. And I also have a box. This is how important relationships were to me. I still, to this very day, I have a box. It's about this big and about this high, and it is slammed full with love letters. All right? Not ones that I wrote to myself. <laughs> she found it last week. Anyway, it's, it's this high, and it's just slam-packed with these letters, and it's, oh, you're my pookie bear, and oh, I just, I saw you walking down the hall, and I couldn't help but fall out of my desk trying to look at you, and, and, and I read them now, and I'm thinking, what was I thinking? And even now, when I see some of the pictures of the girls that I went out with, I think, whoa, <laughs> that was bad. You know what I mean? I mean, some of them blossomed into beautiful butterflies. Some of them are still trying. So, but, but anyway, I dated some real winners uh, in my day, and somehow I still ended up with my beautiful wife, and I don't know. So anyway, um, well... Well, now, wait a minute. You took that wrong, as you normally do. That was supposed to be a compliment. Like, there was this one time, there was this one time, Emily and I had not been dating long, and we were in West Virginia uh, with her family, and and we were on a a ski trip up there, and we were standing in this convenience store, and Emily was standing there, and she was looking at a picture, and I think it was of Jennifer Aniston. I can't remember. But anyway, she was looking at this picture of Jennifer Aniston, and she was like, man, I, I wish I was that hot. I would, she's like, I just wish I was that hot. And my thought was, as it came out of my mouth, well, I'm glad you're not that hot because then you wouldn't be dating me. And, and so I was like trying to throw a compliment out there and, and it backfired like big time, right? It just didn't work. So, um, <laughs> yeah, she, she got really mad at me. And then one time Emily and I were talking, I'll tell you one more and then I'm done. And this is just some dumb things that us guys will say. Uh, one time Emily and I were having a conversation and Emily said, 
you know, I, I, we're talking about um, being skinny, right? And I was like, well, Emily, I said, Emily said, Emily said, I wish I was just skinnier. I wish I was so much skinnier than I am. I was like, honey, you are like perfect. You're like thick and you're skinny. You're kind of like, you're kind of like skick. You're a skick girl. And I was like, man, I created a word and she got so mad at me. And I was like, what is wrong with that? You're not like skinny. You're not like too skinny. And you're not like really thick. You're skick. Didn't even work. Didn't even work. <coughs> I, well, you know what? I, I tried, okay? All right. But anyway, so, you know, at, at one point in my life, at one point in my life, not that long ago, despite what some of you may think, but at one point in my life, I sat exactly where a lot of you are. All right, especially you, you middle schoolers. I, I was in that seventh, eighth grade mold, right? And it's, um, you know, you, you really, you kind of like somebody and nobody's supposed to know because you don't want him or her to know. It's like, do you like him? No, I don't like him. Well, yeah, you do. I, I, it's on your Facebook, you know, and, and you're like, yeah, but I don't want him to know. Well, don't put it on your Facebook. Anyway. Of course, we didn't have Facebook back then. But, no, that wasn't when I was a kid. So, anyway, so I sat exactly where you guys sit. I, I dated, right? Or, or we went together, which I never figured out exactly where we were going. But, and then we talked, right? We talked, and then we went together. And then when I hit high school, we dated, okay? And, and so, um, here's what I can say about where you're at right now. Thank goodness I'm not there anymore because it was the most disturbing, frustrating time of being a teenager was dealing with the opposite sex. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was, man, you would like these girls that were like way, 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 way beyond anything that you could ever go out with. I did. And the ones that you really didn't want to go out with are like way in your mind down here, and they like you. But the ones that you like don't like you, and, and you just you don't know what to do. And anyway, and then you do get somebody to like you, and you start going out with them, and you last for a day, and everything's happy, and you're in love, and you're beaming, and I'm in love, and the next day they dump you, right? Isn't that how it goes for some of you? You know, no, that's not how it goes. Well, no, not for Carly. And we already know after last week what they do. <laughs> anyway, um, I won't. So, you know, but here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's what you're gaining from it. Daniel, let's send the other on that side. You're talking about the whistling? Okay. So, anyway, um, what, here's what you're getting, okay? You're getting experience in dating, all right? For, for all the little silly things that you may say, right, you know, you just sometimes you say the wrong thing and it comes out completely wrong. And, you know, that's an experience. You just don't say that again, right? Um, the nerves that you have, you, you finally get, get her phone number and, and you sit there and you're like, all right, I just got her phone number and now I'm going to look at it for three days and I'm not going to call because I don't want to seem overly anxious. I don't want her to think that I'm in need, that I'm desperate, 
All right, so I'm going to hold on to the phone number for three or four days before I actually call. And then you do call, and she's like, yeah, I gave you that like three days ago, and I'm already dating somebody else. Oh, okay. Thanks a lot. Texting, yes, texting is the big one. I'll text her tomorrow because I don't want to seem desperate. You know, you're, you're gaining experience, okay, on what to do and what not to do. You're learning about yourself and you're learning about things that you like and who you don't like and what you don't like and, and a guy or a girl. And, you know, that's all right. But, but here's the deal. <laughs> Too many times we, we, you, take relationships and you make them so important like even more important than really what they should be, that, that it starts stealing away the joy that God has for you, all right? And, and, so, and so tonight we're gonna kind of talk about dating a little bit, all right? Um, Ecclesiastes 11.9 says this, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all of these God will bring you into judgment. You know, God wants you, this verse is saying, God wants you to enjoy life. God wants you, especially in your youth, to just have the time of your life. He wants you to run and play and, and do the video games and text and do the pageants and, and do cheerleading and play soccer and softball and all this other great stuff. God wants you to just do those things and enjoy those things and and. And he wants you to do it in a way where, where it's safe, okay, where it's safe, meaning that you're, you're making smart decisions, you're, you're not making horrible decisions that's going to, like, ruin your future and stuff. Um, but, but God wants you to enjoy life. And, and so part of that enjoyment is dating. And dating at your age should be an extremely enjoyable experience. But, but if you date the wrong people... Okay, if you date the wrong people or you, you date someone just because that particular person has paid you attention and it's the only person that you think is going to pay you attention and you start going out with them because you don't think you can do any better, then, then it could end up being a pretty miserable experience for you and for that person. So, so tonight I want to talk about modern daily, I mean modern dating practices Okay, and, and, and here's what I want you to understand. It's very difficult to find a biblical scripture that has anything to do with dating because dating is not even in the Bible. As a matter of fact, at your age, girls, you were already arranged. You were already to marry somebody probably in their 30s maybe, 20 to 30 range, okay? Uh, that's how it worked. Man sees girl, man wants girl, man goes to dad and buys the girl. Or he arranges to marry her. That's how it worked. So, so, you know, it's one of those deals where you sit back and you say, all right, how in the world can the Bible speak to dating if dating wasn't even a custom back in their day? Well, there's verses that we're going to look at tonight that, that have to do with relationships, okay? And, and we can take these verses and apply them to your dating. Because most of the time when you say relationship to you guys, you automatically think, dating or going with or talking or whatever it may be. And so the Bible has a great deal to say about relationships and, and how to act in a way that honors God, okay? So, so tonight I'm going to give you some biblical principles 
for dating, all right? And, and just we'll have some fun with this, I hope. I wanted this to be kind of lighthearted and, and have a good time with this. So uh, here we go. The first thing that you got to do is you've got to make sure that the person that you're going to go out with, that they keep Christ first. That's more important than anything. If Christ isn't number one, if, it isn't, if that person doesn't have Christ in their life and it's not, he's not the center of their life, he or she, they're not, you, you don't need to date them, okay? You don't need to go out with them. Paul describes the Christian life as one that, in Romans 12, 1, Paul says that you offer your life as a living sacrifice to God. You offer your life as a surrender to God. You're surrendering over your life to God. It's, it's, not, about, it's not about accepting Jesus and accepting his rules and, and then starting to think that if if you don't follow those rules that Jesus gives you, you're going to hell. You know, he'll never love you or talk to you again. No, no, that's not what it's about. The Christian life is a surrender, okay? And so you surrender over your life to Christ. And, and so any relationship that you have, that, and if you're a Christian man or woman, that relationship too has to be surrendered over to Christ. And basically what that means is, you are going to follow what the Bible teaches about relationships, all right? And Christ will be the center of that relationship. And so here's a couple of things about that surrendering. First of all, 1 Corinthians 6.15, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. So ultimately what that's saying is, is if that person that you really, really want to go out with, if they are not saved, you don't need to go out with them. That's the very first thing you need to look at. If that person, guy or girl, if they are not saved, you need to stay away from them in a dating relationship. Now you can be friends with them all day long, okay? You can be friends with them. You need to be friends with them. Because if they don't have Christ, you might be the only opportunity that they ever have to accept Christ. All right? So build a friendship with that person, but you can't get serious and you can't date that person. All right? You shouldn't. It's not that you can't because, honestly, you can do whatever you want to do. Paul says that everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial. You can do whatever you want to do. And, and, and you, can, you can laugh at me and you can say, dude, I ain't following any of this stuff. And that's all right. That's, that's you. That's your life. But in the end, you'll be judged for it. Okay? And, and, and so you've got to make smart decisions. And one of the smart decisions is that you must always put your relationship with God first. If you date people who are not in a right relationship with God, there's a good chance you're going to fall away from your relationship with God. It's a whole lot easier, man, to pull you down than it is to pull somebody up, especially when you're dating them. And so you've got to remember that the unbeliever, the unbeliever is, is they're not guarded by biblical principles, okay? They're not guarded by biblical principles the way you are. So you may look at that guy, ladies, and you may say, hey, look, I want to go out with you. I really, really like you. I like your personality. You're sweet. All right? You're fine. 
right? You dress good, right? I saw you walking. You got a tushy. You like it, you know? All right, you, you may see those things. You may be like, oh, his eyes. I just, I can just swim in his eyes all day or whatever y'all say. And, and everything, and, and he may be great. And he may say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, no, sir. And he may win over your mom and dad and all this stuff. But if he's not living a lifestyle that reflects Christ, then when you get into that relationship and you tell him the parameters as far as you will go in that relationship physically, he's not going to understand why. He's not going to understand why. And and he, and he, he, he probably will do one of two things. Pressure you until you get to the point where you have to break it off or pressure you until you get to the point where you give in. And at that point, he's pulled you down. Okay? So you've got to be careful. You've got to make sure that whoever you're going out with has taken Christ and that Christ is the center of that relationship. You cannot compromise your values, especially when it comes to God. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, if Christ is not the center, I'm sorry, where, where, where did my verse go? 1 Corinthians 15.33 basically says that if Christ is not the center of the relationship, then, then there's a, more of a chance of you falling away. 1 Corinthians 15.33 basically talks about being unevenly yoked, okay? I forgot to put it down on paper, and I'm sorry. So, so that's, that's the idea of it, okay? The, the second thing that I want you to see is don't give your heart away so easily. Don't give your heart away so easily. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else. For it is the source of life. Jesus continually emphasizes that, that sin starts in the heart. And so, but if the heart is pure, then the then actions will also be pure. And, and so it goes on. It's like anger towards your brother is like murder. Adultery is defined as having lust in the heart. So you've got to always check your motives and your desires and align your heart with Jesus. You've got to bathe every relationship that you have in prayer. And you've got to ask God for wisdom and advice and guidance when it comes to these relationships. You've got to guard your heart. Your overall goal as a Christian teenager should be to please God. Okay? As a Christian, any Christian, man, woman, child, your overall goal is to always please God. And, and you, you please God even with your relationships. And so the values that are programmed into your heart determine how it controls you. And so if you get around people that, that you shouldn't be with and stuff, and, and they start having an influence on you, they can influence what goes on inside of your heart, and ultimately it will come out of you, all right? But too many of you, especially you girls, you, you take your heart and you, you just hand it over to a guy. I mean, you don't have to even be dating him but a couple of weeks, and, and it's already, I love you, right? I mean, it's like, it's like, I love you so much, right? I mean, you could, some of you, middle schoolers especially, man, high schoolers, I don't know doing this, and I'm not picking on middle schoolers, but y'all are just weird, and, and stuff, but y'all will like go out with somebody for a couple of days, and it'll be like, oh, I love her so much. Well, why do you love her? I don't know, I just do. But what? Don't give your heart over so easily. Let me tell you, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. 
Um, let's say, you're about to hate me. Let's say Cody is marrying, who you wanna marry, Cody? Jack Schrock, okay? Cody and Jack, but he's cute. All right, so Cody and Jack are getting married. Y'all come up here. Cody and Jack, come on. Come here. All right, y'all, y'all just stand right here. You're getting married. Today's your wedding day. So hold hands like this. But hold hands like this. Come on. So he was going. Come. You married Jack. <laughs> Next week's lesson is on the homosexuality, and that's pedification. We can't do that. All right, come here. All right, y'all don't have to hold hands. Stand right here. All right, so y'all are getting married, right? Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today, right? All right, come here, Beth. Let's say at some point in time, Jack dated Beth. I know. And, and Jack, Jack here just told Beth all the time over and over how much he loves her and, and how much he wants to uh, be with her forever and eternity and that there's nobody else in the world for him. And he loves Beth, and he will give everything he can to Beth, and he just loves her so much. And so that started out in elementary school. All right, come here. I'm just kidding, not elementary school. All right, so basically Jack then has taken a piece of his heart, and he's given it to Beth. You don't have to get that close to him. Okay? All right. And then let's say also that Jack here dated Kayla. No, stay right there. Stay right. No, 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 no. It won't work if you sit down. All right. So let's say Jack dated Kayla. And Jack told Kayla, Kayla, I love you. You're the only one for me. And I'm going to just love you forever. And all that goo goo stuff y'all say. You are my pookie bear that dresses in all black and is beautiful and lovely and plays the bass and, and is smart and unique and I love you and there's nobody else in the world for me but you. And then let's say Jack here dated Anna. Come here, Anna. Come on. Right here. And Jack tells Anna, I love you. You are the one that I want to be with. I give you my heart. I give you everything. I will love you for the, to the day I die. You are mine. And then let's say Jack dates Bailey. Come here, Bailey. Do you see what's happening? What's happening? Well, he's a pimp, yeah. And Jack tells Bailey, wow. His first thing he says is, wow, Bailey, you're really short. I'm sorry. And then he says, Bailey, I love you. I love you so much, Bailey. I don't want to be with anybody but you. I love you. I give you my heart, Bailey, only to you. Do you see what's happening? What's happening? Where's the woman that he's supposed to marry? She's at the end, right? And and so Cody is going to get really mad if in the middle of the wedding, these girls start standing up and walking up here and start saying the vows along with old Jack here, right? And knowing Cody, honeymoon ain't going to be very good, and Jack probably won't come back, all right? (laughs) So, so here's the point. Y'all can sit down. Thank you. Here's the point, guys. If you go throughout 
middle school to high school to college, and you just continue to give your heart over to any guy or girl that will take it, then what are you going to have left to give to that person that you're going to marry? You're not going to have anything. There won't be any room left in your heart because I'm going to tell you something. When you fall in love with somebody and you truly fall in love with that person, even if you end up not marrying that person, you still give a piece of yourself over to them. You give a piece of your heart over to that person. And you can't get that back. So you've got to be smart about that. And I'm not telling you not to date. I'm not one of those crazy guys that says you should only court and, and only go out with her and her parents. You know, no, man, that's not me. You need to date, okay? But you don't need to be so serious that you just constantly give up all of you and your heart. And there's some other things we'll talk about that happens when you give your heart completely over to somebody because generally when that happens at your age, you turn around after that person is gone and you have no friends left because you've totally dissed your friends. You don't even have any room in your heart for your friends. You understand what I'm saying? Guard your heart, especially you girls, because guys are wolves. And, and we are like, when we get around a group of girls, we are like a fox getting loose in a chicken coop, man. And we are just devouring all of you girls, especially you girls that have low self-esteems. That's who we're looking for. Did I spit on you? Okay. If I spit on you, tell me, because I'll take a step back. Oh, it can happen. All right. So you've got to be careful. Guard your heart, okay? Guard your heart. Third thing, don't treat dating like you're married, don't treat dating like you're married. Anna's wedding story, I just did it right here. Too early. I didn't read my notes. You know, you guys, and I sit back and I watch you, and you're, some of you, some of you, sometimes I see you, and you don't think that I see you, but sometimes I see you, and I'm thinking, Bo, get a room. I mean, good grief. You know, you, you just because you're dating somebody, it doesn't mean that you have to be up their backside every second of the day. You don't have to text them every five seconds. You don't have to know exactly where they're at and what they're doing all hours of the day. Okay? You don't have to know any of that stuff. You're just dating, and you're just a teenager, and you don't need to treat it like you're married to that person. And, and, and that goes along with giving your heart over to that person. You know, if you give your heart over to that person, the only person you're supposed to give your heart to is Christ, number one. And then your physical love and your physical body, all that is to go to your husband or to your wife. But you guys get so serious and so quickly you get serious in your dating relationships that you, like, you jump from talking to marriage without the marriage, you know? And a lot of that is what leads to the physical stuff that goes on in your relationships. Now, don't hear me wrong. In Christian relationships, even Christ-centered relationships, there's a struggle that is there with physical stuff, okay? You can't escape it. 
Just because you're dating a Christian guy or a Christian girl, you're going to struggle with physical things. That's reality. And for me to sit up here and try to tell you that that won't happen, I'd be lying to you. It will happen. And, but if you're two Christian people, it doesn't happen and you enjoy it. After it happens, you, you, you feel guilty about it and you work to try to repent and to make sure that it doesn't happen again, even to the point where you're willing to give up that relationship if it won't stop happening. But you guys that are a Christian girl and a Christian guy and you're dating a non-believer guy or girl, if that kind of stuff starts happening because you're treating each other like you're married, chances are you're just going to give in over and over and over. And you're going to give a piece of yourself away over and over and over. Do you know, ladies, that it is scientifically proven that when you give your body, and I'm not turning this into a sex talk, I promise myself, but that when you give your body to a guy, that there's a, a literal chemical inside of your body that the more you give your body to a guy, the less and less of that chemical that you have. And so if you're not giving that chemical and that your body to your husband and you're giving it to so many guys because you're treating your dating relationship like you're married to them and so you're giving it over and over and over eventually when you come to your husband and you finally marry him that chemical will be gone and 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 that chemical will cause you not to even care about your husband sex will mean absolutely nothing to you but recreation so you, gotta, you can't be so serious that where that we're everything that that guy or girl says and does makes you happy or sad, that, that you're like on this roller coaster, right? And then one second you walk in, you're like, woo And then that guy or girl doesn't pay you any attention and you're all mad and you're like, I'm calling my dad, I'm leaving. You know, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. If he comes in, and he ain't talking to you, forget it. Go hang out with your friends. He'll get over it. But you guys, you're like, oh, he doesn't like me anymore. He hates me now. She hates me. Oh, what did I do? Or, or here's my favorite. You send a text message to the guy or girl, and they don't text you right back. And so two minutes later, the next text he or she gets is, what did I do? Why are you mad at me? Don't lie. You know you do it. And then if they don't text back then, you send another one. Well, fine. We can only work it out if we talk about it. That we can't communicate unless we talk about what I've done. And eventually you drive the person crazy. You can't treat dating at your age like you're married to the person. You'll be miserable. Not that marriage is miserable. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying at your age, <laughs> I am not going to have a good night when I get home. At your age, <laughs> at your age, you don't need to be acting like you're married to that person. They cannot be your happiness. That's what I want you to understand. They can't be your happiness. Next. Friends cannot determine what is right for you. When it comes to relationships, 
In a culture that we live in now of emotional love and careless sex and perhaps the most important advice for any Christian teenager is to avoid the advice of the world, especially non-Christian friends and peers that might be dating in certain ways. For instance, if you know of a guy and a girl that are dating each other, you didn't like that point. If you know of a guy and a girl that Cody's like, I don't like that one. I'm just throw this away. I'm just playing with you. If, if, um, if, you're, if you're in a dating relationship and your best friend is in a dating relationship and they're like, as soon as they get to the movie theater, they're just like two hoovers that have just been together, you know what I mean? And, and you and your boyfriend are just kind of sitting there like awkward because we don't do that, right? And your best friend's like, why, why aren't y'all like hoovers? Why aren't y'all making out? Well, we're not going to do that. Ah you can't kiss and they start making fun of you so what you and your boy have made the decision you're not going to do that and you're not going to change that just because somebody's making fun of you that's where you're allowing your peers to influence you you can't allow them to influence you when they say hey we are knocking boots all the time and you say well we're waiting till we get married and they say good grief man that's another 20 years down the line what are you thinking well, that doesn't matter. You're going to wait till you get married. You can't allow them to influence you. And that all goes back to be careful who your friends are. Your true friends look out for you. They don't try to get you in trouble. Why are you laughing? All right, we'll keep going. Uh, all right. Listen, guys, let me tell you something, okay? Especially when it comes to the sexual side of relationships. The New Testament makes it very clear, very clear, that sexual relationships outside of marriage are against God's design for man and woman, okay? It's very clear. Matthew 19, 4 through 6, 1 Corinthians 6, 16 through 20, and then 1 Corinthians 7, verse 2. Ephesians 5, 31, all of that tells us that any type, hear me clearly, any type of sexual relationship outside of marriage is wrong. Okay? It's wrong. But your friends sometimes will be pushing you to go ahead and give in and go ahead and do it. Yes, ma'am. No, that doesn't include kissing. If you can kiss and it not lead to the other bases. The last thing, and then I'm done. Biblical principle for dating, honor your mom and dad. And, and you may sit there and say, what? Mom and dad, what's they got to do with this? Well, the Bible says in Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and mother. And simply put, this means that you have to follow their rules when it comes to dating. You have to follow your parents' rules when it comes to dating. If they tell you that you can't date, guess what? You're not dating, and you have to honor that. And sneaking around behind their back, sneaking out of the house to go see somebody, that's not honoring mom and dad. I'm pretty sure if mom or dad walk in your room and you're climbing out the window, 
and they say, where are you going? And you say, I'm just honoring you, and it, you're grounded. You know what I mean? If your parents tell you that you can't date until you're 16, guess what? You're not going to date until you're 16. Why? Because you love God. He's the center of your life. You're putting him first. And the Bible teaches us that we have to honor our mom and dad. If they tell you that you can only date in groups, that's how it's going to be. And they do it not to keep you from having fun. They do it because they love you. And they're trying to protect you from harm. Let me give you a closing example. Most of y'all know this. Some of you don't. There's a 10-year difference in age between me and Emily. I met Emily when I was 27. Well, she was 18, so it's really nine and a half years. She was 18 years old. And we started talking to each other uh, via uh, AIM, Instant Messenger. Um, <clears throat> and we just started, we developed a liking for each other. And uh, over the period of time, months, from really probably November through uh, about mid-April, um, well, from November till March, we both just kind of denied it to ourselves and to each other. And then in March, we both finally admitted that we liked each other. And at that point, I knew that I was uh, in trouble because I liked a girl that was still a teenager. And, and that was just sickening and weird to me. But I liked her. I didn't mean sickening in that way. Oh, man. Good thing I brought my own car tonight. Anyway, the deal is this, guys. In April, mid-April, um, I, I called Emily's mom and dad. And I went and I sat down with them. And I told them both how I felt about Emily. And I essentially asked for their permission to date her. And I did it because we both knew, her parents knew that there was a little something, something there. And they were not comfortable with that. They were not comfortable with that, not because of me, but just because of my age. All right? And I would probably be freaking out too. But instead, I went and I sat down with them, and it was one of the most uncomfortable things that I've ever had to do. And that night, her mom and dad said to us, okay, if you will do this, this, and this, over time, we will gradually be okay with y'all dating. But you've got to do this, this, and this. They really didn't. They didn't think that it was going to go anywhere. They thought they could just do these little things and it wouldn't work, work out. But it, it, we, for the most part, and we struggled with following their rules. I'm not going to stand up here and pretend like we didn't. We struggled following some of their rules. <clears throat> but for the most part, for the most part, we, we followed their rules. And I'm going to tell you, looking back on it, I can be okay with what we did. And I truly believe that God honored me and Emily and our prayers about us being together because we did follow their rules. We honored her parents. Guys, when you are dating somebody, you need to honor your parents. Emily's brother will not date any girl unless he goes to her father first and asks to date her. And he's been told no before. And he didn't date her. And he didn't even try to convince her to go out with him. An honorable guy will do that for a lady. And I'm going to stop right there because next Wednesday night, Courtney Sisson, Miss Columbia, is coming. And she's going to be talking to you girls 
and, and she's got something special planned for you ladies. And I'll be taking the guys, and we're going to go out, guys, and we're going to talk about how you treat a lady on a date and in some other ways. And, and so the relationship gig for the guys will continue next Wednesday night. The praise band will come on up. We're going to do some worship. And uh, I'm going to close in prayer. If you have any dating questions or you need some tips, see Emily. She is the guru. I just say everything wrong. All right. I'm going to pray as the band comes. And uh, guys, let's go into a time of worship. And uh, let's honor God with our voices and with our words. All right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I praise you, God. And uh, you are just magnificent and awesome. Lord, I thank you that we can come into your place of worship and, and, um, and, and laugh and have a good time and talk about these things, that, about dating and, and stuff. And, and, um, but God, it's a serious, serious matter. Relationships and dating is, is a serious matter. And so God, I just ask that for, for our students that are involved in relationships, that God, that those relationships are pure and that they're Christ-centered and that they're everything, God, that you designed them to be. And God, if it's not Christ-centered and if it's not a pure relationship and it's something that they're struggling with, Lord, I pray and ask that they just cut off the relationship, that they be willing to say that you are more important than that relationship and they cut it off and they get out of it. Father God, I, I just, I pray and ask if there's any, uh, any for those that are Christian, that are going on, Lord, I ask that you, um, that you protect them, that you help them, God, in, in their, um, in this relationship, that you help them keep it Christ-centered. Father, we now offer up our worship to you. We do so in honor and in love with you. Christ Jesus, our Savior, amen. I pray that you, uh, got a little information out of tonight's message. Uh, it was lighthearted, but, uh, but I believe it was revealing about relationships and dating relationships. And, uh, you know, one of the important things that we talked about in tonight's message was uh, dating someone that has a Christ-centered uh, life and uh, that they keep Jesus first. And, you know, if you are keeping Jesus first, then you should search out somebody that is that they are keeping Jesus first. And uh, but there are a lot of folks in, in relationships where uh, Jesus is non-existent in the relationship because Jesus is non-existent in the life of the individual. And uh, having a relationship with Jesus and, and and making the decision to to follow Him and to surrender your life over to Him is a complicated decision, but it's, it's one that is, um, it's the most important decision that you'll ever make. And so uh, I, I wanted to take a moment and, and tell you how you can have a relationship with Jesus. And, uh, you know, Romans 3.23 tells us that, that we have all sinned and that we all come short to the glory of God. You know, we've all sinned. We, we've all done things that are displeasing to God. There are, there are no, there's nobody on the face of the earth that is innocent when it comes to sinning. Uh, Romans 3, 10 through 18 says there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good. There's, there's nobody that, that does anything good.
we're all sinners. And that verse gives us a detailed picture of what sin looks like in our lives. Romans 6.23 teaches us that there's a consequence for those sins. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in our Christ Lord Jesus. You know, and, and the punishment that we have earned for our sin is death. And he's not talking about a physical death. He's, he's talking about an eternal death. A death where, where you would live separated from God for an eternity. And Romans 5.8 declares that, that because God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we are still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. And so we, we get the fact that, that there's a consequence for sin, but there's a way to, to be freed from death. There's a way to, to, to be freed from this second death, this spiritual death. And, and, and that way is to understand that Jesus Christ died for you. Jesus' death paid for the price of your sin. His resurrection from the dead proves that God accepted Jesus' death as the payment for our sins. Jesus, Jesus took your place. He died for you. Romans 10, 9 then says that if you believe that and, and if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you too can be saved. Because of Jesus' death on our behalf, all we have to do is believe in him. Trusting his death was the full payment for our sin and you'll be saved. Romans 10, 13 says, for anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, you have the process that understands that we are sinners, but, and that sin separates us from God for eternity, but that if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on a cross and paid the penalty for your sin, you too can receive that salvation, and you will never be separated from God. Romans 5.1 says that, therefore, since we have been justified through our faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's through Jesus that we can have a relationship of peace with God. Sin creates a, sin disrupts the peace between us and God, but, but, but a relationship with Jesus restores that peace. Through Jesus Christ, we can have a relationship of peace. Romans 8.1 teaches us that it says, there now no, one, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and so because of Jesus' death on our behalf, we will never be condemned for our sins. We will never have to pay the price for our sins because we are at peace with God. And finally, we have the precious promise of God that comes from Romans 8, 38-39. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate, separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, when you get saved, when you surrender your life to Christ, it's not a decision that lasts for a day or two days. It's a surrender. You're giving over your life to Christ. And that means you're giving over your relationships, you're giving over everything and anything about your life. You're surrendering that over to Him. All because He died on a cross for you. And all because you believe that and you want to have 
eternal life with Him. You know, there's many ways that you can be saved, uh, many prayers that you can pray, uh, but it's very simple. And, uh, you know, saying the prayer, saying a prayer is a way to declare to God that you are relying on Jesus for your salvation. The words themselves are not what saves you. Only faith in Jesus Christ can provide that salvation. But if you say the words, God, I know that I have sinned against you and am deserving of punishment. But Jesus Christ took the punishment that I deserve so that through faith in him, I could be forgiven. With your help, I place my trust in you for salvation. Thank you for your wonderful grace and forgiveness, the gift of eternal life. You say those words, you are confessing to Jesus, to God, that you understand he's the only one that can save you. If you've said that prayer today and you have felt the need and, and you feel like you're now saved, I'd like for you to contact us here at the church. You can call us at the church office at 259-1128. And uh, let us know that this has taken place in your life. And we would like to meet with you and uh, get some more information about you. And This isn't about you becoming a part of our church. I, it's not about you just joining this church. It's about you joining the family of God. And uh, we'd like to help you in the process. And once you're saved, there's a process that begins to take place in your life. And I want you to understand that you don't have to do this alone. And uh, I'd like to be here to help you through the process. So uh, if you have said this prayer or if you have other questions about salvation and Jesus, just give us a call here at the church. We'd love to talk with you. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to the Merge Podcast. For more information about the Merge Student Ministry, please go to www.mergestudents.com.